This is the Relevant Life Church podcast, where we are about connecting with God, relating to people, and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's Word. I want to pray for you this morning before we step into the Word. Are you ready for Christmas? Yeah, it's good to see some faces that we haven't seen for a bit, and we just want to come and unite our hearts in prayer this morning. Amen? Online, let's do it together. God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you are a God of hope. We thank you for this special season of Christmas and all that it stands for and all that it represents. God, we thank you for the celebrations that we're going to have and the celebrations that we have already had. And God, we ask that you be the very center of everything that we do. Would you say amen to that? Amen. Can I get rid of this? Is that all right? Good. We'll try it. We'll see. Uh, I love Christmas. I love Christmas. And Christmas brings back, as Rhonda said, many memories, whether they're good or whether they're bad. And sometimes they're positive things and sometimes they're negative things. And in light of that, I would like to make just a real brief announcement. And we're going to head into a message on hope. Uh, but some of you are aware, uh, Nancy Haas, we know she was a, a dear, dear friend, a dear, dear wife, a dear mom, a grandmother, and a great-grandmother. She passed suddenly last week and unexpected. And we're, we're praying for the family. We want you to pray for the family. We're also going to be having a very special service for her on uh, January 6th, Thursday, January 6th, here at 2 o'clock. And we want to be able to uh, come and, and bless them as well as remember Nancy. She is a, was a dear, dear, dear woman who loved Jesus. And so we want to honor her. And today, as we step out of that in the, into, into our message this morning, you know, everyone goes through seasons where we need hope, right? You know, I mean, in a season such as this, when you have a sudden loss or a memory that comes back, hope can, can be dis, displaced. Our, our center can be displaced. And I'll say this, I love Christmas. How many can say you love Christmas? I love Christmas. I love all that Christmas stands for. I, I love gifts. Anyone love gifts? You know, I love lights. Christmas lights are amazing. I love Christmas traditions. Uh, I love the family time spent together. I love dreaming of a white Christmas in Oregon. Uh, white Christmases were reality in Montana, but not here in Oregon. And how many are dreaming for a white Christmas? How many, how many will pray for a white Christmas? Right? We want a white Christmas. We would love to have that. Um, I love Christmas music, uh, but there is, there's categories of Christmas music. I love Christmas music after Thanksgiving. Uh, so I have some of you that are in favor of that. My wife would listen to Christmas music all year long, um, but I like it after Thanksgiving. And I love Christmas movies. How many love Christmas movies? We can go through all the list of different Christmas movies, but Rhonda and I probably have a favorite tradition that we watch together every Christmas for the last 35 years, and that's called White Christmas. Anybody watch, watch White Christmas? I, I love that movie. You know, if you're into musicals or if you're not, it's, it's a good movie. It's uh, this this good feeling, happy feeling movie that you can watch and get in the mood of Christmas. Regardless of what, what you watch in your favorite Christmas movie, what I've noticed in Christmas movies is that most of them have a theme, and that theme is hope. That theme's hope. You know, when I think about Christmas movies this, this, this morning, the white Christmas is the hope for snow or hope for true love on Christmas. You think about it, it's a wonderful life. It's the hope of finding purpose and joy in life all over again. Uh, maybe you're, how the Grinch saved Christmas, um, and that's that hope of the most depraved person can find, find their heart once again. Um, and then every woman's favorite movie in here is the Hallmark movie, and uh, there's the hope of cheesy romance on Christmas, <laughs> right? And all the men can say, 
Oh. Anyway, no, no, we endure the 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 hopeless romantic uh, Hallmark movies at Christmas time, and they all have the same theme, just over and over again, just change of fake snow and a different man and a different woman that have cheesy romance. But people want ro- people want people want romance, right? <laughs> people want hope. We all want hope. Uh, maybe you want romance. We'll pray for you for romance as well. <laughs> We can try to give you a little hope in your romantic feel this morning. Uh, but people want hope. They want hope. People need hope. How many know that you need hope? Uh, I was reading an article this week, or an article that was written at late 2020 in the Psychology Today. It's called, it was titled, Christmas Depression. While images of love and joy fill storefronts, TV screens and, t- and magazine pages, for many people, the reality of the holidays isn't so cheerful. Between stressful end-of-year deadlines, family dysfunction and loss, poor eating and drinking habits, and increasing cold and dark winter days, it's easy for the holiday season to feel not so very merry and bright. Constant reminders of someone else's happy seasons can additionally serve as a painful reminder of the happiness and love that's lacking in our own lives. For this reason, the month of December can be the particularly difficult time of year for those dealing with family conflict, loss, breakups, divorce, loneliness, and mental health issues. During holiday times, stress is ratcheted up by a number of factors, the lack of money, the shopping, and the decisions, and the deadlines, and the parties, and the strained family relations, pressures to please family and friends, and to have the perfect holiday. And the media bombardment of happy, smiling families and friends enjoying holiday holiday festivities. There's also this increase of vulnerability to succumb to recent personal losses. The death of a spouse, a child, a relative, a close friend, a divorce, a breakup of a relationship, or a calamity that's taken place in your home. One survey has reported that 45% of the respondents uh, dreaded the festive season and would prefer to skip it altogether. Holiday stress statistics show that, up, that show that up to 69% of people are stressed by the feeling of having a lack of time to prepare. 69% are stressed by per, re, perceiving a lack of money and therefore unable to celebrate the way they would want to celebrate. 51% are stressed out about the pressure to give or to get gifts. You know, and as we read this article today, you might see yourself somewhere in the middle of all those statistics. You might even be able to relate to some of the comments and the, the, the statements that were written in this secular article. Today I come and I say people need hope. People desperately need hope. I believe this excerpt from a famous Christmas carol, A Silent Night, is, is very uh, vivid in its wording that reveals to us the, the hope and the need of it. It says, O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appears and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and a glorious morn. Fall on your knees, oh, hear the angel voices, oh, night divine, oh, night when Christ was born. Oh, night, oh, holy night, oh, night divine. When we talk about hope, we cannot, uh, we, we, we can't just go, it's just hopeless in 2021. Can I go back to the very origination of 
the birth of Christ and how it is depicted in this, this song, in this, this verse, is talking about our dear Savior's birth and, birth. and it says, long lay the world in its sin and its corruption and longing for something more in life. This, this uh, idea of error pining means wasting away in hopelessness. As we apply to our life today, as we look at America today, as you look at your situations and the people that you're surrounded by, do you see a waning of hope? Do you see a wasting away of and a lack of desire and a lack of longing? And then it comes into this next line. It says, till he appears and our soul finds its worth. Who we are finds meaning. Who we are finds significance. And then it goes into this thing, a thrill of hope, a weary soul rejoices. I believe that in our culture today, I believe that in America today and around our world, there are a lot of weary souls. There's a lot of this pining that is wasting away in hopelessness. And today I want to come and remind you about hope. I want to remind you that as we end 2021, we don't end it hopeless. And as we begin 2022, we don't begin it hopeless. We are a people of hope. See, I'm a person of hope. As we gave the definition last week about hope, anticipation, expectation, and excitement. Anticipation, expectation, and excitement. And I want to take it one step further in the sense of how the Greek actually interprets it. It says to look forward with confidence. Would you say that with me? To look forward in confidence. Come on, one more time. To look forward with confidence. Not having our dreams dashed, but knowing with confidence, knowing that there's something coming. Can I tell you this idea of hope goes along with the idea of thrill. When we talk about thrill, we have a sense of excitement. There's something that has arrived. Something has happened. Something's going to happen. This idea of thrill and hope go hand in hand. And I want to ask you this morning in your own life, is thrill evident in your life? Is hope evident in your life? Because they go together. There's an anticipation to look forward with confidence. Not only is it this sense of excitement and anticipation for us as believers, for us as Christ followers, it's a hope that's realized. Today, as we come and we celebrate this idea of Christmas, it's not just a forethought of hoping that something's going to take place. It's a looking back that something did take place, that our lives have been impacted and our lives have been changed. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, he says this, Therefore, remember that formerly you are, that you who are Gentiles, remember that at the time you were separate from Christ. I want to ask you if you're present under my voice this morning, whether online or here in this room, do you remember the moment that you were separate from Christ? Do you remember the moment that, as Paul says, that you were excluded from citizenship? You were a foreigner to the covenant and the promise of Christ. He says you were without hope, without God in a world, in this world. Today, as we come and we talk about hope, we talk about a man who came to change our lives. Do you remember the moment that you felt alone and you did not have hope? Today, we're surrounded by people that have this. It goes on in verse 13, it says, but now, everyone say now, but now in Christ Jesus, you, are, you were once far away, and, but you have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 
No longer are we arms, arms length from Christ. He is right here because of this hope that we have. And I say today, regardless of the circumstance and the situation that you're in the midst of, we have a Savior that is by us, that's near us. Romans chapter 15 says this, May the God of hope, everyone say the God of hope. May the God of hope fill you, all, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope. My prayer for you, my desire for you, in the midst of circumstances that are hard, in the midst of grieving, in the midst of all of the things that are in our world today, is that you would overflow with hope. Would you just pause right now and say, God, would you help me overflow with hope? Lord, in the name of Jesus, we ask, would you give us an overflowing hope? God, in the darkness on this planet, we need you to come by the presence of your Holy Spirit and pour hope into our lives that floods out every ounce of darkness and hopelessness. That you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. 2,000 years ago, this miracle of Christmas was all about hope. It was all about a longing and an anticipation that 4,000 years prior to to, to Christ being birthed was prophecy that was foretold of this hope that would come to pass. This thrill of hope that was be born in a manger. Rhonda sent me this article by Kelly Bakara. I may be totally butchering her name, but she's a blogger, and she wrote this about the manger. Perhaps it wasn't just a coincidence that Jesus was born in a manger. It's not like he didn't know the inn would be full, but why a manger? Perhaps it's because a manger isn't intimidating. It's humble, so very, very humble. A manger, unlike a king's palace or a king's throne, is accessible to anyone. You can freely walk to it. No blockades, no guards, no fees. It's approachable. Of course, this wasn't a coincidence. Nothing about God's plan is a coincidence. If he wanted to be born in the nicest five-star hotel, in the most beautiful castle or palace, in the most gorgeous place, he would have. But from birth, he's been showing us something, something that all of us need to recognize, literally every single one of us, and he made it so easy for us to get to him. The message of Christ gets convoluted and confused sometimes, but the manger, it was no coincidence. It's pretty simple. He's whispering to you, he's whispering to me, come unto me. And he made a way so that we all could, all of us, no one excluded could approach this simple little manger, the truth about Christ. May I tell you today that he will welcome you as you are, but I guarantee that you won't leave here the same. Can I tell you today that when we come, aren't you glad that God's coincidence, that God's, God's provision was a manger that all of us could approach? That all of us, in our, in our brokenness, in our different classes, in all of our different personalities, that in this humility of Christ, he came that all of us could approach. God entered into our suffering world in a physical form of a baby. He presented to us this most humble uh, location that we all could find hope in him. In the story today that I want to read to you, a story that is common, a story that all of us can get so comfortable with that we can check out and we can forget that it's really about the whole purpose of why Jesus came and how he came, that he, he came for us. 
And it should bring us a thrill of hope. It should bring us an excitement and anticipation, not just of the past, but what God's going to do in our lives this day, this season, and in the year to come. Luke chapter 2, let's read the story together. It says, it came to pass in those days that they, there went out a decree and see, from Caesar Augustus that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of the Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. Can you just imagine with me this 70 to a 90-mile journey that Joseph and Mary are taking? Here she's pregnant, she's full term, she's ready to have a baby, and here they're going, traveling for a four to, four to ten day travel based upon distance. It says, but while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in strip, strip, strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified by the angel, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, Jesus, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was this baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone that what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and all they had seen. It was just as the Lord had told them. Today I want to take the next few moments and I want to point out three significant hope points in this passage of Scripture. Three significant hope points that should impact your life and impact the lives of others. Number one, Jesus is the essence of hope. Jesus is the essence of hope. And it says in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, it says, it came to pass in those days. And it goes, let's skip down to verse 7. As she gave birth to her firstborn son. This idea of essence, this idea of, of reality that is here, this word essence is the important quality of a person, the intrinsic, intrinsic nature or the indispensable quality of someone. The truest and most purest part of an individual. Today when we talk about the essence of hope, that Jesus is this essence of hope, that Jesus embodies hopefulness. He is hope. And we cannot disassociate hope from Jesus. You can't dis disassociate Jesus from hope. Jesus is hope. And I love this word, this phrase. It says, in, it came to pass. It came to pass. Everyone say, it came to pass. What came to pass? The reality is, is this, that before you, for you to understand what came to pass is you have to look back thousands of years prior to Jesus' existence. 
When this phrase comes up, comes up in Luke, he's actually referring to the fact that there are, scholars say that there are over 300 prophecies declaring that Jesus would come. 300 prophecies that are actually fulfilled today in this day and age that Jesus came the way he said he would come and he's done what he told us that he would do. These prophecies that it came to pass, these words, so these words that came to pass were so significant to those of Israel. They knew of the prophecies. They knew of what needed to happen. And so here Luke comes and he says, it came to pass that this took place and this took place and this took place. This idea of the essence of hope. Jesus uh, was our hope. Jesus, our hope, would be the, in the lineage of David, 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. Jesus, our hope, would be born of a virgin, Isaiah 7, for, Isaiah 7 verse, verse 14. Jesus, our, Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, Micah 5, 2. And we could go on and on and on with the prophecies that were fulfilled as a result of it coming to pass. But not only was Jesus the essence of hope and prophecy, Jesus was the essence of hope realized. And that's the most important aspect of it. We're not looking back to a prophecy. We're not looking back to what could be. We're looking back to what is. That it's not just what they told us about. It's what Jesus did. That Jesus is here. He's hope realized. He's present with us. And it says that Mary brought forth her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And she laid him in a manger. Mary's going, no, here Jesus is realized. Jesus is not just the essence, the thought foretold of, but he's the essence, the reality right here. Jesus is the essence of hope. Secondly, Jesus is the substance of hope. In Luke chapter 2, it says, but the angel, verses 10 through 14, it says, but the angel reassured him, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy, that the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem. And you'll recognize him by this way. And it goes on and it says, suddenly the angels appeared. He said, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those to whom God is pleased. In this five verses, we see a a reality, a substance of what it comes when we encounter Christ as hope. Not just the essence of the thought and the reality, but what happens to our lives, what is promised to us in this substance of hope. Number one, he's a reality of salvation. We step in and it says, the Savior, the Savior. Everyone say, the Savior. Savior. You can preach an entire sermon on these three phrases in this passage of Scripture. It says, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today. Can I tell you that each of those words are very, very significant? That Jesus, the, the Savior, is they're going, our deliverer has come. The one who deliver us from sin and darkness has come. The Messiah, the anointed one. There's one, the one Messiah. He's the anointed one. He's Christ, the Lord. He is the one who is in authority, and he is the ruler. From the very beginning, back in Genesis, as Adam and Eve fell away from Christ, we needed a Savior. We needed a Deliverer. We needed a Messiah. We needed a Lord. Romans 5.12 says this, By one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. And can I tell you today, that's not a hopeful statement. That's a a sad statement. 
But the hopeful part is verse 17. It says, but by this trespass of one man, death reigned. How much more with, will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in, in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Can I tell you today that there is one Savior? There's one Messiah. There's not multiple. There is this, this man that was born unto us. And even though Adam and Eve fell and sin encapsulated our world and still encapsulates our world, there is this hope of a Savior that has a substance of salvation for us. Not only is, the, is he the reality of salvation, he's the reality of peace. In verse 14 it says, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is, in whom God is pleased. Today when we talk about this idea of peace, all of us long for peace. We look at a culture that's in turmoil. We look at families that are in turmoil. We look at life that seems in turmoil. We anticipate a Christmas that is peaceful without family turmoil. Anybody hope for that? But today, when we talk about this reality of peace, when Jesus arrived, Jesus gave, Jesus gave us this ability to be at peace with God. No longer warring in our sin nature. He came and go, no, I'm going to give you an avenue to step into peace with God. Not only is it peace with God, but the peace of God. The peace of God that passes all understanding. That peace that can dwell in our hearts and our minds today. Even in a world that is hopeless, in a world that seems in, in warring with one another. Can I tell you one of our greatest assets as believers today? It should be. Is the peace of God ruling our hearts and our minds? Not only is he the reality of salvation and the reality of peace, he's the reality of joy. We see in Luke 2.10, it says, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will bring you great joy. I believe today that the culmination of hope in our lives, the evidence that hope is present in your life is that you're gonna have peace and you're gonna have joy. The substance of hope the substance of hope is salvation that brings us peace and joy. And we have to go to a place of going, is that present in my life today? Am I recognizing, is my life filled with peace? Is my life filled with joy? So we looked at this idea of the essence of hope and the substance of hope. And lastly today, I want to talk, say that Jesus is the proclamation of hope. When we embrace that Jesus is the essence and the reality of hope and that he brings this profound substance of hope into our lives, it brings us to a place of are we going to embrace the thrill of hope that is present today? Today we can oftentimes get so dis dissuaded by what's taking place in our life. Luke chapter 2, verse 17 through 20, it says, When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Today, each of us are presented with an opportunity that we can stand afar and we can look at a story that's common to us and go, Yeah, that's nice. Let's get on with the gifts. Oh, that's nice. Let's get on with the food. Oh, that's nice. Let's just get on with life. But today we have to come and draw close. And I want to invite you, as the shepherds invited one another, let's go to Bethlehem. 
Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go to that moment and let's encounter Christ Jesus. Verse 16 says, They hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. I think it's so important that we come to a moment of encountering Christ Jesus. It's what Christmas is all about. Not just Christmas, it's every day of our lives that we need to have those moments of encountering. And rather than rushing through a season and rather than rushing through a story, I want to give you a moment to encounter him. I want to give you a moment to encounter him. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. I'm having them go to a particular song that we sang this morning. And I'm going to ask you to stand across this place and we're going to sing just go ahead and sing the chorus of the song or whatever you guys have planned. And then I'm going to come back with a closing, closing word. But would you take a moment to encounter Jesus today? Would you lay aside all the distractions? Let's not just go through the form and the fashion and go, that's a nice story. Would you come and say, Jesus, I want to encounter you. I want to encounter this hope that you provide. The earth will shake and tremble before him chains will break as heaven and earth see holy is the name holy is the name of jesus jesus proclamation to come. There is no other name. There is no other name. Just as the shepherds left the manger, just as the shepherds left Bethlehem, they went out to proclaim all that they had seen and all that they had heard. Today, church, not only had they seen and heard, but they encountered. Have you encountered him? It's something that we need to go from this place to proclaim the goodness of God, the greatness of who our God is. Christmas should not just be a time 
should, should be a time of renewed hope, of confident, a confident expectation that God will bring order out of chaos. Today, when we think about our world and the chaos that's around us, the chaos that's in our family, God today is coming and going, I'm giving you hope. I'm promising you this. I want to read one last verse as we close this morning. Matthew 12, 21, it says, look at my savior, or my servant, excuse me, whom I have chosen. He is my beloved, speaking of Jesus, who pleases me, and I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious. And verse 21, what I want you to hear, and his name will be the hope of all the world. And his name will be the hope of all the world. Would you read that with me this morning? And his name will be the hope of all the world. Come on. And his name will be the hope of all the world. One more time. And his name will be the hope of all the world. Across this room, let's lift our hands and give him praise. God, today we come and we thank you for your name, for your son, Jesus. And his name, Jesus, will be the hope of all the world. God, today, I pray over these people. God, whether they're online or in this room, whenever they're going to hear this message. God, I thank you today that you are the essence of hope, not just the one that was foretold, but the one who appeared. Not only are you the essence of hope, but God, you are, Jesus, you are the substance of hope. That substance of salvation, that substance of peace, that substance of joy. God, today we thank you. God, we thank you that it was proclaimed to us and we can go from this room and that you are the proclamation of hope. God, let our lives proclaim you. Let our very demeanor proclaim you. Father, I pray that as we go from this room, regardless of the days that are ahead and the calamity that is around us in this in our world, God, may we be proclaimers of hope. And his name will be the hope of all the world. And his name will be the hope of all the world. God, let this verse just resonate in our spirits today. God, as we go about doing what we do and his name Jesus will be the hope of all the world God I take a moment to pray a pastoral prayer over the people that are present in this room present online today God, as I look at this year, we've had many, many victories. But God, as I look at this year, I see many, many trying moments for so many people that I love. Circumstances and situations that have robbed hope, that have robbed faith in people. Circumstances and situations that have divided families. Circumstances and situations that have brought heaviness 
and depression and darkness and despair. And God, if I look too far, I can be discouraged. But God, today I come and I present the hope of Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are the only one that can impart the significance into each individual. And God, as we end this year, as we approach this amazing Christmas season, this hope that was born, this hope that we encounter, may we encounter it afresh and anew. God, would you just bring your anointing and bring your power, bring your fulfillment. God, would you bring the thrill of hope once again? an anticipation of life once again, an excitement once again. It doesn't mean that despairing is gone. It doesn't mean that all situations are solved. It means that, God, we're seeing something that's bigger on the other side. God, today I pray a divine infusion of hope into people's lives this morning. A divine infusion of peace and joy this morning. And in the middle of all the things that have taken place, we can still find significance in Christ Jesus. And God, today I thank you. May you bless this Christmas like never before. God, may every person, every family have significant moments that they take to purposefully lean into you and to lean into each other. And God, we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Merry, merry, merry Christmas to you. We will see you after Christmas. Have an amazing time. Can I just challenge you one last thing? Would you make it, make it a significant effort that you will include Christ in your Christmas this year? I know that we all naturally just think that it's going to happen, but can I tell you it's going to take an intentional step of faith on your part to go, no, our family Christmas celebration is going to be is, is going to be godly. We're going to bring in the Christmas story. We're going to celebrate. We're going to pray together as a family. Pray for one another as a family. Can I, can I just tell you, get family together. Let's, let's fix, let's mend walls. Let's mend broken areas. Amen? This is, a good, this is the time of year. Let's find hope in the middle of Jesus. Right? God bless you. Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God, relate to one another, and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church. Our hope is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.